0: For the month of May, uh, we're going to do a short series on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 called Love Is, and then through the summer, we're going to focus on the book of James, and uh, that'll be a little bit longer of a series. But uh, at the beginning of the year, we said that we had the goals of living out Acts 1-8, finding fellowship in the time that we are in. And becoming more like the church that you see in Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 42 to 47. And you can't do any of those things without love. You can't be the church in Acts if you don't love one another. You can't have fellowship if you don't love one another. We won't be able to reach anyone, whether it's in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or to the ends of the earth, without having love for those people. And so... We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, so if you want to turn there in your Bibles, I'll give you a minute to do that. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's perfectly okay. You uh, can check it out on the screen behind me. But this is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. And then this next group of verses, verses four through seven. Uh, We're actually going to read that together. My challenge to you in this series is to memorize this, memorize these few verses. And uh, so we're going to all read this together uh, out loud. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then he goes on and says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now we see only a reflection in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully." even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So he starts by saying, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have the faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing." If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Whatever we do, whether we do it as spouses or parents or grandparents or co-workers, whatever we want to do to reach out to our community, our region, our world, certainly whatever we do in our fellowship if we don't love one another, it means nothing. Whatever we do as a church, whatever we do as Christians, Paul says, look, I can speak in every language on earth. I can speak and share the gospel in every tribe and tongue and language. He said, you can speak in tongues. You can Talk in the language of angels. He said, if you can prophesy, if you can understand all kinds of things that other can't, you can be smarter than everyone. You can have more faith than anyone else in this church. You can have more faith than anyone in Southeast Ohio. In Ohio, you can have more faith than anyone. You can be the most best generous person. You can tithe it plus an extra 40%. You can give away all your worldly possessions you can have the homeless come live with you. You can go spread the gospel in North Korea and have them lock you up and put you in jail and torture you for it. But if you don't love others, it means nothing. It's a resounding gong or, or a clanging symbol. I, I, I remember years ago I preached that and I, I remember banging on... Mike's drum set on his cymbals, and I I didn't want to do that, so I I just brought these. But he he says, If he said, I can do all this stuff for Jesus, but if I don't love, I I can prophesy and have faith. But if I don't love, it's just noise. And in my life, I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of of doing a lot of good things, a lot of good religious things. And I've, you know, done all kinds of stuff, but there wasn't love in it. And it's just noise then. I've been guilty of that. You've been guilty. Of that. We've all been guilty of that at times. And so Paul gives a definition of what love is and what love isn't. And it was in verses 4 through 7. And we're going to read it again out loud together. Uh, and We're going to do that throughout this series because, again, I, w- I want you to memorize this as we go. And if we say it enough, that will help get, us, get it in our head. So read this with me. Love is patient. And so I've really been digging into this passage. I really dug into it this week. I studied each word in the Greek, and I read it in a bunch of different versions. And this was my first big takeaway as I read this. And I think you all know this. It's this, love is hard. It's hard to love. It's hard to love people. I mean, even your husband, even your wife, there are days when you look at them, when you had dealing with them, and it's just a little bit harder to love them. If you have kids, you know there are days when it's just a little bit harder to love your kids. And and those are people that you deeply love. Those are people that you would willingly, readily die for. So loving others at your work can be hard. It can be hard to love people that are your neighbors. It can be hard to love people at church. It can be hard to love People that, you know, that you don't like your enemies, as Jesus said. I'm I'm sure that there are times where it's hard to love me. Just like I'm sure there are times where it's hard to love you. And I mean, I I love you all very much. But sometimes loving people is hard. Loving people takes Work. And some people take a little bit more work than others. I mean, you all have family. You all have in-laws and and that family member that at Thanksgiving, like, you know, it just takes a little extra work to love them. Sometimes loving is hard work. And I'm so thankful that Paul understood that. And, And... And this is how I know that. What's the first thing that Paul says? He says, love is patient. Now, just out of curiosity, does anybody, maybe you have a Bible out there, have a, a different translation that says something else? Anybody? Well, if you look at it, 1 Corinthians 13.4 in the New King James Version, it says this. Love suffers long. Love is hard. That's how he starts the passage. Love suffers long. The actual... Translation of that for, for patient in the Greek is this idea that love bears with, that love endures, that love is long-suffering, that love, so love is patient, love bears with that person, love endures that person's shortcomings. Love suffers long, meaning it, it might be tough, you might not like it, it might, not, it might be kind of miserable at times, but real love suffers long. And now, just as a side note, because we're going to be talking about this a lot today, if you are being abused and you love that person, That does not mean necessarily that you stay in that situation where you continue to be abused. Or that you have to keep suffering if you're being beaten up. There's a way to love a person from a distance, there's a way to love a person at a safe place. I mean, yes, still ask the Lord, the Lord may direct you in in that, but I'm just saying that long-suffering doesn't mean suffering physical or some other kind of abuse. But, that person at work, your spouse, that person here at church, your neighbor, that family member, that enemy, that neighbor who, as Pastor Bruce used to say, that if you said their name that you would just kind of look at your shoes. You are called to love them, to be patient, to bear with, to endure, to suffer long, and that's hard. Paul knew that. If you switch to the ESV and you look at how they translate it, which is just slightly different, still good, at how he ends in verse 7, look at what he says at the end. He says, love bears all things. He goes back he ends it with what he started by saying. He just says it a little bit differently. He starts by saying love is patient, that love bears things and and, and endures things and long, is long-suffering. In, in, in it, in verse 7, he ends it by saying love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. He ends it like he begins, that love is all these things, but... At the front end and the back end of it is love suffers long, that love bears with. Paul understood that loving one another is hard, but that's the command that Jesus gives us to live out. Look at what Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35. He says, A new command I give you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And loving one another is hard. Look at what Paul says in verse 8. And we're going to get 8 and following at the end of the series. But but in verse 8, he says, love never ends. Your translation might say, love never fails. But the Greek word for ends is a contracted word from the word flies. That love never flies. To fly meaning to run away, to leave. If you're a little bit of a nerd like me, I think of Gandalf saying, fly, you fools, right, as the Balrog's about to crash over in the thing. If you're not a nerd like me, but that's, that's the thinking behind it, is love never flies. It never, it never runs away. But again, it goes with this idea that love is patient, Love endures, love bears with, love suffers long, and it doesn't leave. It doesn't run away. It it doesn't get going when the going gets tough. If your marriage is in a tough place right now, love doesn't walk out the door. It bears with, it endures it walks through the hard place with your spouse bearing with them and saying hey maybe we need to you know get some marriage counseling hey maybe we need to get some help maybe we need to come alongside another couple who's been there and done that love never flies And maybe, if you didn't think Paul's teaching here was tough enough, what he says in verse four is, love is patient and kind. Now, other translations like the NIV, they they say it like this, love is patient, comma, and kind, comma, like it's two separate thoughts. The, the ESV gets a little bit closer where it says, love is patient and kind. But in the Greek, there's no word to connect the two. There, there's no comma. It's this idea and this idea. He just writes, love is patient, Kind. The, the love that you're supposed to have that bears with, suffers long, and endures the hard thing, not only are you supposed to love in those ways, but you're also supposed to be kind while you're doing it. Being kind, acting benevolently towards. See, it's one thing to bear with someone, to endure someone but it's another to also be kind to them while you are enduring them. It's not just, you know, not saying anything, like just rolling your eyes and sitting there and enduring them. It's not just, I'm just going to stay away from them. It's not just the, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all and just don't talk to them. Love is patient, kind. It's almost like he's saying, like, patient is the adjective to describe your kindness. Or the other way around. It's being kind to them, treating well, being of use to them, while you're bearing with them, showing them kindness while you're, you know, like, well, I guess I'm going to stick with them. And while I'm sticking with them, I'm going to be kind to them. And honestly, if, if that's love, suffering while being kind along the way, I fall short of that pretty often. But Paul says that's what real love is like. And that's the life I'm called to live and the life that we're called to live. And that's, as a church, who we're called to be because we're called to reflect Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful that Christ is patient and kind to me. That Jesus loves me. What does 1 John say? 1 John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Love is patient and kind. Therefore, God Is patient and kind. I'm so thankful that Jesus is patient with me. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. I'm so thankful that Jesus is patient with me. That Jesus endures me and my multiple daily failures. That Jesus bears with me. That Jesus is long-suffering when it comes to me. 1 Peter 3.9 says that he is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And not only is Jesus patient with us, bearing with us, Jesus just doesn't put up with us. Jesus just doesn't uh, grit his teeth and like, oh, I'll just put up with these people. Jesus just doesn't suffer through my stupidity and my sin and my failure. Jesus is patient and kind. He shows me kindness as he's being patient with me. As he's bearing with me, as he's enduring, oh, you know, as he's long-suffering through me being me, as he's, show, as he's being patient with me, he's also showing kindness. He's patient kind. He shows me kindness in his love. He shows me kindness in his grace. He shows me kindness in his mercy. He shows me kindness in his forgiveness. And 1 John 4.19 says that we love because he first loved us. We're called to reflect Christ. If God is love, we're supposed to reflect love. And we're supposed to reflect the love that is Christ. We love because He first loved us, He gave us the example of what love was. And love is patient and kind. Does your love, your patience, your kindness, does it look like Jesus? Who's Jesus asking you to love today? Who's Jesus asking you to bear with him? And not just bear with, but to show kindness to. Because that's the life we are called to live. That's the church we are called to be. That's how we reflect Christ and his love, is by loving like he loved us. First John 4.20 says... For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. Anything less than love. It's just noise. Let's pray.